Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I am back with my eternal co-host, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, great to have you back in the driver's seat, mate. How are you? Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm well, Pat. I'm uh, slowly adjusting back into the groove of the seat. Um, thankfully, <laughs> uh, Spinksy hasn't, um, you know, demolded my mould or altered my mould. Uh, yeah. and it's, uh, I mean, don't you hate that when you have a great spot on the couch and somebody comes and demolds your mould? Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, real... Yeah, it's horrendous. It's a real bug. Yeah, but thankfully, thankfully I've had a good nestle. I'm nestled back in. Um, strong nestle. And um, we're ready to go. You're renowned as a strong nestler, Chris. Thanks. Do a lot of nestle, yeah. People around the world have always said, you know, Chris Barty, uh, sure, he's a great guy. Um, very intelligent, wonderful communicator. But boy, can that man nestle. Yeah. It can nestle like no other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can pick up twigs and um, and, and put them together in, in uh, some sort of homely order. Um, Mates, yeah. um, before we get totally lost in this sure. stupid metaphor we're in, <laughs> um, <laughs> story of our lives, uh, we, we retain the ashes, B-Train. Yeah. We retained them, we sure, kept we them. Didn't. We lost the test match, but somehow we won the series. <laughs> I don't know that we did win the series, uh, Pat. The series was drawn. We did not lose we, it. We are the winners. Uh, cricket's weird. Yeah. No, I love it though. Um, look, we did not lose it. That's that's the critical thing. And I think that's what we we're celebrating. We didn't lose it. Um, we weren't losing. We didn't lose it. Yeah. We didn't lose it. Um, everyone thought we would. We've lost it every time we've tried since 2001. And this time we said, hey, hey, listen, we've done our job. We've done just enough, but we're not going to do any more. We're not greedy. <laughs> we're just going to retain them this time. I mean, what I will say, Chris, is that it was a very even series. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, a couple of individual performers had bright, shining lights and everybody around them was kind of mediocre um, in a lot of ways. I mean, Ben Stokes was incredible. Stephen Smith was incredible. Um, Joffre Archer was pretty incredible. Paddy Cummins was pretty incredible. Uh, but everybody else around there sort of like, had flashes of brilliance yeah. and then moments of not so much. Sure, sure. Uh, look, in, in it turns out that in a game uh, of 11 players per side, y- you need more than uh, two performing players <laughs> to win a series. Um, look, really interesting test cricket, wasn't it? The whole way through. Uh, I mean, from day one when, uh, what, what was Australia? Eight for 122 or, or, or something like that? Uh, when we thought, oh, hang on, here we go. So it's going to happen all over again. And then back-to-back hundreds from Steve Smith, which to me, don't get me wrong, his 211 was fantastic. But I think that back-to-back hundreds in the first test match really has to go down as one of the all-time great Ashes performances. Um, especially at Edgebaston. Especially, especially at Edgebaston. Edgebaston. Yep, yep, that, that fear cauldron. Um, and the cauldron of fear that is Edgebaston. And uh, then we saw the second test match, uh, of course, uh, I think that was the draw, wasn't it? The one that was washed out. The draw. Um, the weather kind of came to st- save Australia in the end, uh, but it was a it was touch and go there for a minute. It looked like we might have a result, uh, and then of course uh, we moved to the third test test match, which will be forever known as the for the Stokes performance. Um, and really, uh, if a, if uh, Nathan Lyon uh, is able to grasp the return throw, or Tim Payne is able to uh, better judge uh, his use of reviews. Um, we have a result. 
and we would we, 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 a, a winning result for a winning Australia, result for Australia. Which puts us up three uh, one. And then really Australia's performance, uh, certainly from a batting perspective, in the most recent Test match at the Oval, um, was underwhelming, wasn't it? Uh, I think we, uh, we, we, you and I both said off air, uh, you know, we we done our job. We weren't going to go any further. You didn't pay us for that. We didn't lose them. <laughs> Listen, we came here to do a job and we did it. That's right. And uh, that's all we're going to do this time, it, all right? If you we're wanted us leave. to win it, you should have put it in the specs. But you didn't put yeah, it in the specs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You should have put it as our KPIs. Yeah. Listen, we came here to retain and retain we did. Um, but uh, we've got a big pod today, mate. We've got a big pod. So I've got a chat with Heidi Cheadle. Heidi actually came into the studio. Oh today so i've got a studio chat with hides um all about the women's cricket action that's happening at the moment Excellent. the t20s and the odis happening over in the caribbean um and tom k hawkey has sent us in a tape now bardo here's a stat for you because we love a stat on two love a stat. tom hawkey has done 14 bulletins in a row he has done Ooh. 14 episodes in a row yeah he is the pat cummins of two for nine yeah uh, that's what i'm saying He's a strong performer. He's a consistent performer, and he's and he's come out here and he's put his last tape on us for the summer. Um, and I think he deserves a well-earned break, but as you and I do yeah. after this episode. Yeah. No, look, Tom is uh, he's like the cow that is forever chewing on cud. Um, <laughs> is that a fairy tale where you come from, Bardo? <laughs> is this some kind of mythical story you know, in your world? You know, he just keeps going and going and he's always got stuff coming in and out of his mouth and I don't know not sure I'm going with that but you're a solid cow Tom you're a good you're a good steer um, and uh, thanks for your contribution I think far out you're a solid steer indeed indeed maybe a solid steer down to fine leg no um we'll be hearing from tom a bit later in the pod but b train yeah. i reckon we should get this ball rolling big man would you like to hear this chat i have with heidi i would love to um now uh we played a bit of hold up hey with the chat that i had with heidi last week with spinks which was kind of weird but i also kind of liked it um so we might do that here if you feel a need to interject at any point chris just say hold up hey and i'll stop the tape and we can talk some nonsense about it how about that for a game i love it sounds good all right here we go here's my chat with heidi cheadle from a little earlier in the day and welcome to another session of women's world and just to mix it up she's in the studio heidi cheadle sitting next to me lovely to see your face pal wild that we're next to each other i, I love it i love it it's a real mix-up hello everyone and hello the world <laughs> all our viewers all millions of you all millions of you the millions and millions of two for nuns fans. <laughs> if you smell what the hides is cooking. Hey, Pat, what do you think about women's cricket? Uh, it doesn't I, I, matter what you think. <laughs> the only thing that matters is what Heidi Cheadle has to say, and that's why we've got her on that pod. This is us doing rock jokes about Heidi Cheadle. I like it. I like it. All right, here we go. Uh, definitely my mum. Uh, she's been listening. <laughs> Not even my mum. Not even your mum? <laughs> Not even my Oh, mate, you got to get your mum onto it. What else are we doing with our lives? Um, Hides, I can tell you what the Australian women's cricket team is doing with their lives. They're winning games. They're taking names. They're kicking butts. They are taking no prisoners. None. Zilch. Zero. Uh, I mean... If you're Australia, you're a 10. Everyone else, write something down, learn something. 
<laughs> it might be a good opportunity for for multiple other international teams to pick up a side gig, Heights. Maybe, maybe even, I don't know, learn to be an engineer. Love um, that. Yeah, yeah, why not? Save the world and hit hundreds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because what you're doing now isn't good enough. No, no, because uh, the, the team is so good, Heights. They're, they're very, very good. We obviously um, had a three-zip win in the ODIs against the West Indies in the Caribbean, and we've just started the 2020 series with a win. So um, I guess I'm just interested in your thoughts there, Hides, about the ODI series to wrap that up first. And what's your, what's your thoughts, feelings, and emotions about that, that whole experience? Ooh, um, I think, I mean, three wins. So three wins. not a lot of negatives there. <laughs> not a lot of negatives there. Um, I guess positives for the Windies, they must be a lot fitter after all that ball chasing. <laughs> Coming into the T20s fit as a fiddle. <laughs> got their strength and conditioning in. <laughs> got, got, their, got their steps in. Got their, steps, got their up. steps in 100% in like 500 degree weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweating bullets. Um, no, but good. I mean, again, Australia, all their scores, they're solid. They're opening well. Meg Lanning's doing the captain thing really well. Yeah, she's doing it great. Is it, Hides, I've heard a rumour that you might be captaining a side. Is that, is, that, is that true? Are you able to comment on that? Can you confirm or deny whether that may be the case? I can't confirm or deny. Okay, well, folks, stay tuned for that. But uh, I'll confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Are you going to spend... We're the, in the waiting room. We're in the waiting, in the waiting room. 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 Anything can't could be happen. rushed. Anything if, can happen. If it does go down, you end up captaining the, the Mighty Gordon side, Hides. Are you just going to sit down and just watch as much of Meg Lanning's work as possible and just really see if you can't ingratiate her um, captaincy into your life? Oh, one can try. In fact, Meg, if you're listening... Um, call the pod. Call the pod. Come man. over. You want a beer? We'd love. Let's yeah, have a chat. We'd, we'd, we'd really bring like your that. uniform. <laughs> bring your uniform. <laughs> Do you have a spare one? Settle down, Heidi. Um, okay, so look, uh, that that last one, ODI, right? Uh, we bowled the Windies out for 180. Uh, who took some wickets? Megan Schutt got three for Georgia Wareham got two. Ash Gardner got two, and Jessie Hansen got two. Uh, nice to see Jessie Hansen back in Aussie colours. There, I think it's Jonathan. You're absolutely right. This is why I think it's Jess Jonathan. I've been saying that wrong for so long. Uh, yeah, wow. Well, you learn something new. Hold up, hey, <laughs> Chris. You know what's good about me um, is that I'm remarkably consistent in my mispronunciations. Yeah, yeah you're right at home. Um, <laughs> You love to put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, Pat. That's what I've uh, I've noticed about you. Um, you know, or you just uh, you just get the old uh, get the old jumble. You know, you love to. You, I get I get big jumbles. I actually wonder if I'm mildly dyslexic. For for a bloke who's an actor, that's that's a problem. That's yeah. that's an issue. Well, is pronunciation critical to the performing arts? Uh, yes, Chris. Okay. Yes. You know what? I've just got word in from upstairs. Yes, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad to see that that uh, three-year acting course paid dividends for you there, mate. Um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Me too. You think he's bad out. now? Um, no. <laughs> Should have heard me four years ago. Um, I might go back to yeah, Hyde's please here, do. Mate. I've been saying that wrong for so long. Uh, yeah, wow. Well, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Apparently, you learn it ten times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, keep learning. Keep just keep just keep That's learning. That's all you can do. Hides. That's all you can do. Is all I've got to say. Uh, Georgia Wareham, though. Do you know, well I was just about to say she's consistently just she's consistently on the scorecard. Wickets, mm. catches, mm. probably runs. If she, if Australia dare got more than two wickets against him, like yeah, she doesn't get really get a chance to have it. a bat. She's, she must be having the time of her life. 
Uh, and we, we use what, eight bowlers there to get the result? Um, uh, thoughts on the Windy's batting card there, Hyde? Um, look, I'm seeing a couple of ducks. <laughs> seeing a couple of ducks. But, you know, there's actually, there's some solid. I think I think what they lack there is somebody taking it through, somebody getting an 80 or a 90 mm. or even a 70, like just building that partnership, like getting cut off the knees at 40, mm. that you're on the way to something but you just can't convert and that might be the issue of not going on to get, you know, 2, 250 instead of... 180. Right. Um, do you think Spinksy's criticism last week that the uh, the the Windies cricket has a bit of... too much of a twenty, T20 flair was accurate? That there's a lot of boppers there and maybe not a lot of grafters and grinders that could see an innings through? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's accurate in your heart? I mean, he's part of the pod, so who am I to disagree? But I mean, you can disagree also, with Spinksy, well, he's a mug. Ah, come on. <laughs> I, I think possibly, but I also think with... Because people are out, right? Like, it's not their normal team. So I think, mm. you know, young heads, maybe not as experienced coming in and there's so many factors involved that I think it's a little bit T20 and maybe yeah. just a little bit experienced in who you've got and make trying to make the best decision out of the situation you're in and, you know, maybe it hasn't come off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look like... We just had a look at the the highlights again then from the most recent T20. And I think an area they might have to look at is the fielding heights. Maybe not the sharpest fielding in that we've seen looking around. But fit. But fit. Lots of running. Fit. Fit. Lots of cardio. Just run in the boundary. Lots of... But, you know, I think there's maybe an extra 5% there that the Possibly. Windy's team could find, which would make them a little bit more competitive in those moments. 100%. You I know? always say, I mean, everybody has to field. Everybody's got a field. You got a bat and you've got a ball, but everybody fields. Everybody's you've got to field. be sharp. You know, Ariam catches actually, win matches. Patrick Ariam wrote a song about it called "Everybody Fields Sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> Are you so pleased that you can say that? Yeah, uh, Chris, how did you feel about that joke? I made an Ariam joke. I'm really happy about. Look, it. I think it was good, Pat. Uh, well played. Full face of the bat, straight down the ground, four runs. Um, I do want to point one thing out though, which I've just noticed on the scorecard from the most recent yeah. ODI, which I'm sure we'll get to in. Um, uh, well, we're talking about it now. Um, the umpires for the game. Now, all of the umpires mm. were from the West Indies. And one of the umpires oh. has one of the greatest names I've ever heard. Uh, his name is Jonathan Blades. Oh. Jonathan Blades. Oh. Jonathan Blades. He'll cut you down. He'll give you out. <laughs> Wouldn't it be good if he um, put his arms straight up in the air whenever a six was scored and, like, chopped them up and down in yeah. some kind of blade chopping action? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I just saw him, like, um, a guillotine. Uh, a guillotine, Bardo. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I can't... Maybe there's a way you can also... I can't tell you much about Jonathan Blades other than he was born on February 3rd, 1975 in Christchurch, Barbados. Um... Which would make him 44 years and 226 days old, Pat. <laughs> and he's, you know, just been killing it ever since, clearly. Um, clearly. I think... With a name like Jonathan Blades, you're going to have a good time. It, that's a Netflix series, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It really is, Chris, yeah. actually. I like it. Cricket uh, umpire by day. Blades guy by night. <laughs> Wow, Bardo. Wow. Between the cud chewing and that one, mate, you're uh, really coming out with some top-notch top sayings look, this evening, pal. It's been a very long summer, autumn, <laughs> winter, spring, Pat. 
We've been going for all four seasons, and it, I'm I'm struggling to stay sharp in the uh, cricket <laughs> podcasting arena. Let's hear more from Heidi here. I am. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on that joke for a while. Um, I'm good. All right. So we're into the T20 series now. The Southern Stars started it with a win. Meg Lanning, player of the match. No alarms, no surprises. Um, Stefani Taylor, though. 44 not out. Good from her. And we all notice as well, back to the old fielding thing we were talking about, Mm -hmm. two run outs. Australia had two run outs. That is quality fielding. It's putting the pressure on, making them go and hitting the target. I can't remember which one it was, but one of them was an absolute shocker. Um, where Two down, one end. Two down, one end. You, nobody wants that. No batter wants that. No. No, it's very, very, very bad. And also makes Alyssa Healy's job behind the stumps far too easy. In Agreed. That. And you don't need to make it easy for her. You know? <laughs> like, you don't. You know, you know, you don't. Um, and it's nothing worse, I think, than being the person who's stayed down the non-striker's end and has got your bat in and you're watching the other person run towards you going, no, 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 out. Oh, Yeah, boy. like, oh, not me. <laughs> Bye. Well, enjoy your Still friends? Still yeah. friends? <laughs> who's buying who a beer tonight yeah. is the big question. I feel like two down one end is second to having a crack with the diamond duck. Which yeah, yours true. truly on debut for New South Wales second eleven got two diamonds. No surprises there. Didn't get reselected. Did you get two diamonds? Two diamonds. I was Hold like, up. <laughs> at this point, I'm like, well, f- <laughs> diamonds are forever. <laughs> they are all I need to please me, stimulate and tease me. I forget how this goes. <laughs> but that's about the end. Anyway, it was all right. We can edit that out. <laughs> Up to a point. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm going to find the Diamonds of Forever um, karaoke yeah. backing. I'm just going to fade it in underneath. I think that's a good nickname for uh, Cheeds, though, now. She's, she's Shirley. Shirley Bassey. Uh, loves a diamond. I thought you were going to say Diamond Cheadle. Uh, yeah, well, Diamonds are forever, Pat. Um, yeah. Two diamonds, though, for Hyde's on debut for New South Wales second yeah, 11. That's, that's a tough day yeah, at the office. it's tough. It's tough. Um, I haven't got a diamond duck since uh, captaining the Year 9 Seas, Pat. So, <laughs> I tell ya. you. Were, you were the skipper, though, B-Train. You are the skipper out yeah, there, mate. I'm right. I was fuming. I was fuming. Yeah, I bet you were, um, But... Who ran you out? Ah... Uh, I'm battling. I feel like it was one of the year eights that, uh, you know, wasn't playing oh, yeah. in the it would be. Bs that day and they, we needed an extra. He just wasn't as invested as I was in the outcome of the game. And to be fair, no one really else, nobody else was, uh, <laughs> which is why I tended to be handed the captaincy. Um, anyway, so there you go, Heights. Um, I've tried to make your effort, make you feel better about your effort by making you realise that there are many, many more pathetic efforts out there in this world <laughs> and when it comes to the game with uh, six stumps and four bales a red ball and a white ball I hold a few bad efforts uh, so yeah you know. maybe but I've been thinking about it while you've been ranting uh, maybe we call her Heidi Diamond Bassy Cheadle I reckon Diamond Bassy is too long uh, it's a mouthful um, <laughs> maybe if you hyphenate it there um, you know, yeah. We'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll, we'll workshop it. We got options. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. It's not good. <laughs>
<laughs> like, where's my keeping gloves? Oh, no, nobody's Heidi. saying anything. <laughs> Heidi, two diamonds. She knows who she was. She knows the batter. She knows. Goodness gracious, um, mate! Uh, not any diamonds there that I can see on the on the West Indies batting card. They made a hundred and six off their twenty overs. Australia managed to do that with only losing four wickets. Um, Alyssa Healy was pretty solid there with a twelve. Beth Mooney got a four. Meg Lanning, uh, the rock, with fifty four not. Um, what a gun, Hides! What a champion! What a gun! What a legend! Uh, what a dynamo! I mean, she's been she's been a gun legend dynamo since she was could hold a damn bat. <laughs> like she was, she is. She's just she she like proper deserves to be doing what she's doing. She was always good. She's always the best. Uh, it's it's remarkable to see. And and the one that got played last night, Alyssa Healy was so dominant in that fifty eight not out, um, along with Meg Lanning who made another twenty two not. Uh, to, to reach the West Indies total of 98 with it only losing one wicket Beth Mooney who popped one up to mid on um, hides let's uh, Healy you know class yeah and Poor a serious class. cut above huh mm-hmm. I will say though like they did bowl a lot of short and wide yeah so you can't be taking wickets short and wide that's four balls and she made that super evident she's really strong like, off the back capitalized, foot capitalised yeah and you yeah at that point, it's like you see the ball, you hit the ball, and there's no threat to the stumps. So, and additionally, you know, the West Indies are bowling a pace which isn't that threatening. They don't have anybody that's sort of a least Perry quick. Mm. Um, so if you're a bit short on those bouncy pitches, it's gonna be like a tennis ball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah. I mean, again, I guess you if you flip the coin, not a lot of pace you got to generate it yourself, which mm-hmm. is tiring. True. But still, yeah, you can't be bowling. You can't be bowling that to her. So, Hines, it looks like we're probably going to get three straight wins in the T20s as well. Um, with the Australian summer sneaking up on us, how are you, how are you feeling about uh, the Southern Stars' possibility for going through the whole summer undefeated? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I bet they're <laughs> feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> Um, I think, I mean, it would be great to have a bit more of a contest. Mm. Um, I'm not saying you don't love to win, obviously winning's great. Um, but yeah, like get everyone involved, like give the lower girls, like give them a chance to back. Cause otherwise if they keep going like this, I mean, as I said, it's good, but if the Windies can break a hundred, get 120, that's a much more competitive T20 total mm. than under a hundred. Cause we know that Australia can chase that down. So something's got to change, but I mean, I, they're going so well. They're so conditioned. They're scoring runs. They don't need to use their lower order. Like, they're not even... They're not sweating. Yeah. It's cruisy. Yeah. So, it's we need to get... And Sri Lanka's coming up. Okay. Sri Lanka in... Sri Lanka. Yeah, two weekends. So, I think it's the 29th okay. at, I believe, North Sydney Oval, 2 o'clock. Why? Obviously going. Tickets, $10. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Go, go, go. Oh, wow. 10 bucks. Yeah. Because we have a practice match before, and then we're all going North Sydney Oval. Amazing. To watch. So, that starts then and there's three games of that isn't there yep yep, yep. i believe so talk to me about the sri lankan side heights well um why don't you talk to me about (laughs) (laughs) sorry sri lanka um don't know much about them going in well no i haven't seen them much Mm -hmm. um obviously like i'm glued to it when they're playing but i haven't seen them much um but with australia's form going in and then coming back home North Sydney Oval, the vibes. It's such great vibes. Mm, yeah, so, strong vibes, huh? And with their talent and their 
consistent winning. Like yeah. even take winning out of it, their consistency of performing and really gelling and everybody contributing. Um, I Good luck to them. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, Sri Lanka. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Sri Lanka. We wish yeah. you all the best. Yeah. Um, Hides, I reckon that'll do us for the moment, mate. But we, we've got... Folks, I'm going to give you a little teaser here. And Hides, I was talking to you about this just before. But there is a possibility that we're going to be able to chat to a very, very well-known uh, Australian women's cricketer uh, about the coming season of, of women's cricket in the next couple of weeks. I'm in early negotiations, Hides. But, um, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. You should be very excited. Everyone should be very excited. Everyone. And, and simultaneously, uh, just take that excitement down just a slight notch in case it doesn't <laughs> Be excited, but not too excited. But don't get too excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Thank you so much for coming in, Heidi. Love to see you. Ah, so good. So good to be here. We'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. You will. Thanks, mate. What a legend Heidi Cheadle is, Chris. What a legend she is. Um, Great to have her back on the pod. And yes, folks, I was not messing you around. We are in negotiations with a couple of people and we may be getting some cool interviews on this pod soon mm. i don't want to talk it up too hard but in case it all falls through but uh there's 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 things in the works a bit of that's chat. all i can a bit say of chat um it was a bit of chat but it's a bit of chat chirping from deep square leg there pat um yeah no she's an absolute diamond there cheetle uh fantastic to have a part of the part of the team she double really, diamond cheetle yeah she really shines uh through and i think <laughs> you know she's created by pressure you know loves pressure um, you know, people say when the pressure's not on Cheadle, she's a bit of a lump. But when the pressure's on, she really, you know, comes to play uh, and shines bright. Um, anyway, <laughs> Chris, I really enjoyed all of your diamond-related puns Thanks. there. It may only be me that enjoyed yeah. them, but I really enjoyed yeah. them. No. Um, <clears throat> I, I deserve a clip around the ear there, and I'm sure I'll be delivered one in the group chat promptly. <laughs> Uh, but look, absolutely fantastic. The Southern Stars are continuing to do well, Pat. I am really excited uh, this summer once again uh, to get down to the uh, WBBL and support the Perth Scorchers um, uh, at uh, Lilac Hill. Hopefully that fixture goes ahead again this summer. Um, always a delight. Uh, the women's game goes from strength to strength. And uh, also, I think we have to give a big shout out to the Thai women's cricket team with which we have mm. a very loose affiliation um, with one of our friends living in Thailand and playing for the Thai men's team. Um, uh, we've, well, we've adopted them really, haven't we, Pat? As our, we've adopted them, Chris. As our yep, second yep, yep, favourite yep, yep. uh, women's cricket team. And they've qualified for the, the women's T20. Maybe T20. favourite cricket uh, team. We've got to put Ireland up there, Chris. So maybe equal second. Equal yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's true. That, that's true. We are collecting stamps in our... Passport of favourite teams, Pat. Um, For sure. Certainly. They've qualified, Chris. They have indeed. Yeah, look, and that's really exciting. So, um, great to see the women's (coughs) continued growth of the women's game. And certainly, look, the the Southern Stars and and England and uh, New Zealand are out in front at the moment. Uh, But it's only a matter of time before we start to see some more performers worldwide. And hopefully that starts this summer with Sri Lanka. Funnily enough, Pat, while you're talking, um, I mean, we're pretty... we're We're fairly... uh, uh, lazy here at two for none and while you're talking I was just trying to see if I could find out any information about the Sri Lankan women's cricket team uh, on uh, on the Crick Info website 
And there's only information mm. about the men's game. So, um, I feel like whatever the results uh, here this summer when the Sri Lankan women's cricket team comes out to play, um, it's a positive one. Uh, and we'll all know more about, uh, about the women's game uh, in that part of the subcontinent. I love it, Chris. I love it. And mate, um, I think it's time we turn our attention towards the men's game um, and our loss to England in the most recent test at the Oval. Um, and more importantly, Australia's retention of the Ashes. Now, in order to do that, um, there's only one man we can turn to. We would usually turn to two men in with Alexander Spinks sending us a tape, but Spinksy is in hospital as we speak. Yeah, no. He's got a shocking case of the flu. No good. So, folks, um, bloody hold your cricket balls and pray to your respective gods that he that he gets a bit better. I believe he is on the mend, so he'll probably be back with us um, for our next pod, whatever that may be. But uh, we don't have a, a tape from him today. We only have one from Tom, and it is Tom's 14th tape in a row, Chris. Mm. So, um, I would like to play it, hear from the man, and if we want to stop him, you just say, hold up, hey, and we'll have a chat about his nonsense. Sure. Love it. Live it, love it, be it. Here it is. He's entitled it Final Bulletin. I have not listened to this at all, so let's see what Tom has got in store. Hello there. Tom K. Hawkey here with a final bulletin from a Brit from this most magical of cricketing summers. Once more, well done to Australia for retaining the Ashes. After England won the fifth test to level the series at 2-2, Australia's 346 boundaries to England's 305 means they keep the ashes. I'm pretty sure that's how it's calculated anyway. The fifth test began with an act of charity unseen since Edgebaston in 05. Payne won the toss and put England into bat. It was a bizarre decision. The Aussie bowlers clearly needed a rest after Old Trafford, and if history books could talk, they'd scream, Bat first at the Oval! The Oval! The Oval! <laughs> Hold up, hey. Um... Yeah, spot on there, TK. Chris, you and I were talking about it off air, but let's talk about it on air. Mm. How weird was that from Payne yeah. after a three-day turnaround to send us into bowl? Yeah, um, different decision. Um, we're not, certainly not one that we expected, but perhaps uh, seeking to play to Australia's strengths um, in his defence. I mean, our bowling clearly has been um, the standout uh, performance group. Of, of the Ashes, so perhaps seeking to, to play to our strengths there. Uh, but on a deck like that, you would have thought perhaps Australia being put into bat. T- uh, TK talks about the uh, the history books there, of course, uh, 2005 being the prime example of perhaps uh, putting a team in when you shouldn't. I would even go further back, uh, and I believe it was 03-02-03 when Nasser Hussain put Australia into bat uh, at the Gabba. Um, mm, only to famously be, uh, had the well. Let's continue the rock theme here, Pat. Had the smackdown layeth upon them <laughs> by uh, Justin Langer and Matthew Hayden. So it seems, Pat, that the counterintuitive um, old put put you into bat on a batsman friendly wicket um, reverse psychology move is uh, not a good one. And look, Chris, that first session could have been totally different if we held our chances. We had a tough chance go down at fine leg. There was one that went over the top of slip. There was another, I think there was another one that went down. There was at least two or three chances in that first morning of this test match, which if they'd been taken, could have changed the game. I mean, England makes 294 in that first dig. Um, Rory Burns of the 47. If Rory Burns has gone for three, then all of a sudden things start to tighten up. Mm. 
Um, and we all know what the Poms are like. And Joe Root got about 45 lives in that yeah. 57 that he made in the first innings. I mean, mate, there are cats with less lives than, than Joe Root um, in that first dig. Uh, there was constant chances going all over the joint um, that we were not able to take. And, and, and Chris, you know, I've got a personal theory that we celebrated a bit hard after the, the win at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, that we we kind of viewed that as the win of the series. And in a way, retaining the Ashes was a huge, and it is a huge deal, first time we've done that in 18 years. But it would have been more of a huge deal, Bardo, if we had won a Test Series in England. Yeah. Um, well, that's, exa- for that's me. exactly right, Pat. We, we celebrated not losing. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, retaining the Ashes is great. I'd rather retain the Ashes than not retain the Ashes. Um, but there was still a job to be done. And, you know, the demons could have been well and truly put to rest with a, with a clinical performance here at the Oval. Um, you're quite right. Look, I've thought that um, our fielding um, left a little bit to, desi- to be desired and wasn't up to, to Australia's normal high standards. I think they would admit that by their own... Um, uh, by their own admission but that being said Pat I mean uh, bowling a side out for 294 on a relatively uh, uh, calm wicket um, is not a bad effort uh, despite all of the uh, you know the, the areas in which we could have improved in the field uh, and it's really I, I think if anything this series has really continued to expose Australia's lack of batting depth at the top level um, yeah. we, did, we have made a find uh, a find in minus Labuschagne. Uh, so there's, and you could argue that uh, Matthew Wade, at his best, um, has been very good. Um, perhaps a little bit inconsistent in between his best and his worst. Um, but there's a guy that can make runs. But it's really been at the top of the order where we've had tremendous uh, difficulties. And at the end of the day, the game and perhaps the series uh, came down to which opening pair would put something together and it wasn't until the final innings of the series where we saw um, uh, Burns and uh, Denley put together a 50-run partnership. Now I'm not saying that's the sole reason England won but it is uh, something that I think is indicative of areas where Australia needs to improve and needs to address things pretty quickly. And in even worse news Chris, um, it means my dad was right. And I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Digby John Edgar Cullen, DJEC, um, who said to me before the first test, it was like, mate, what's David Warner doing back in the side? You know, he's got no technique. There's no way he can he can flourish in English conditions. It's, it's, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's this New South Wales bias. And off he goes. To which I said, dad, he's got a test match average of 50. You know, he's got... Uh, Oh, nearly 20 hundreds. Like, what do you what do you want here? Are we going to leave him on the sidelines? And my dad's like, mate, he's got no technique. He's got no technique. And it turns out my old man was right. Um, so, Digby Cullen, if you're listening, uh, hat's tip to you, pal. You are on the mark there. Um, but uh, that's hopefully that's the last time I have to say that on this podcast. Um, let's get back to Tom. Payne later said that he's always 50-50 at the toss, as he can't read pitches. I mean, there is very little that a captain needs to be good at, but that's definitely one of them. And if he can't do it, then like, why not ask literally anyone? Anyway, England came in and batted really well for England. A steady succession of starts with the customary throwing away of wickets. However, 
Joss Butler finally came alive in this series. He came to the wicket in the sort of position he's picked for, a semi-decent platform on which to impose his ODI skills. He hit 70 at a strike rate of 71, with a few extra runs chipped in from the tail. This pushed England into a position of dominance from one of doubt. Archer then came in and gave a man-of-the-match performance as he ripped through the Aussies and took six wickets. Sam Curran also calmly stuck two fingers up to the selectors. He took three, including two in two, and generally bowled very tight. With Smith failing massively, I mean, for him, scoring 80 is like getting a duck, and the rest of the team folding like a cheap tent, England were firmly on top. In the third innings, Denley tried his best to humiliate my claims that he will never make a test ton, but thankfully he got out in the nervous 90s to preserve my punditry prowess. He has found his form in the second half of the summer, which is really annoying. I still don't think he's good enough, yet he's pretty much guaranteed he will tour New Zealand in the winter. However, at 33, he's already pushing on a bit. This is coming from a 34-year-old. The irony is not lost on me. I would much rather we pick some young blood and start to build a team for the future, especially with one eye on the next Ashes down under. All that aside, England quietly and calmly battered Australia out of the game. The Aussies looked ragged. Catches went down, speeds were down. And if Smith's 80 was a failure, his 23 was an implosion. The England crowd roared for his wicket as loudly as they did for Stokes' final four at Headingley. Everyone knew that once Smith was gone, the game was gone. Despite a dogged and impressive century from the Tasmanian devil Matthew Wade, this match was only going to go one way, and thanks to a leech root combo and successive balls, England cruised to a 135-run victory. There was a general air of honours even, with Australia just deserving the nod. Retention, but still no outright victory for 18 years on English soil. This was the first drawn ashes since 72, the sixth drawn ashes overall. The final two tests were won convincingly by either side. England should have won the first test, but a spectacular Steve Smith performance rested it back for Australia. The reverse was true at Headingley, with Ben Stokes' fireworks already inked into the history books. The drawn test had ebbed one way, then flowed the other. But let's be honest, if there had been enough overs left, Australia would have been all out for 266, and we'd have had a tied test rather than a drawn one. It's just been that kind of a summer. 2-2 seems right and fair. This summer, I've followed cricket in more ways than I dare to think of in five different countries. I've checked scores in the middle of teaching, in two different schools, on stag do's, including my own, at weddings, including my own, and on honeymoon, uh, only my own. I didn't go on anyone else's honeymoon. I've done so surrounded by people who have absolutely no love or knowledge of the game, so having the chance to come on here to blather on has been a godsend. Thanks to Pat, Chris and Alex for all the fun, and listening through all 14 of these rambling reports. England winning the World Cup and Stokes' heroics at Headingley will forever be talked about and remembered. I'd love to say that I can finally stop obsessing over sport and give more attention to my loved ones, but I'm also a massive rugby fan, and that starts on Friday. Thank God there's no two-for-none, scrum-down spin-off podcast. Tom K. Hawkey, out. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And look, the Scrum Down spin-off podcast is in the works, um, but we'll, we'll have to wait for us to fully take over the sporting airwaves um, in, in all forms of all ball sports. 
B train, um, give me your, your thoughts on Tom's thoughts there. Look, uh, very astute as always from the cow, from the steer. <laughs> We're not calling him the cow. It's a terrible nickname. <laughs> Okay, no, fair enough. We're not doing that. Uh, no, very astute from Tom, as always. Uh, very well summarised, I think, his thoughts. I think we agree with uh, his take there, particularly on the series as a whole. I think 2-2, fair result, uh, both sides with uh, obvious strengths and obvious weaknesses. And I think Justin Langer said it best when he said Australia at the moment has a good test side, but not a great test side. Um, yeah. What I love, though, Pat, um, what yes, I love... Aside from um, Mitch Marsh's Pfeiffer, if you don't mind, in the first innings. Yeah, I've been waiting for that if from you. you don't mind. He bowled bloody well. He did. He did bowl bloody well, He bowled well, bloody well. He swung it both ways, um, created a bit of havoc. Bowled well in both innings too, I might, I might add. Seven for the match. Um, I'll tell you what I love though, Pat, and that is that um, when we picked our Ashes 17 way back when... Uh, I think oh, we've yeah. done it a couple of times yeah. uh, over this summer. We were we said, look, this is what we think will happen, but there's been so many selection shocks that we're utterly clueless about who the best team is. Now the Ashes is finished, and I'm still utterly clueless <laughs> about who Do you know is what? in Australia's best 11. So I have my 17 in front of me here, Chris. And from my memory, your and my 17 was very similar. Yours just didn't include David Warner who started in all five games, which is some excellent punditry from both you and I. Um, but I'm just going to rip through mine here mm. real quick. And we should just have a think about, this is like before this test series, this is who we thought was going to be in the side. Burns, Warner, Kawaja, Smith, Head, Pattinson slash Stoinis, Payne, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon. With um, Stoinis, Richardson, Wade, um, Labashane slash Holland, Harris and Tremaine on the bench. Now, I couldn't have got that much more wrong if I tried. Mm. Um, nobody saw Mitchell Marsh coming back into this side. Um, and, and Chris, you know, did you see his press conference after the yes. test where he was talking about a reporter had the bravery to ask him why he's so maligned in Australia? And he gave a really frank, honest answer. Uh, and he was saying that... Um, He's had a lot of opportunities and he hasn't always taken them as much as he would like. And Australians are very passionate about their cricket and he hopes that they respect him. And I just want to say that I do respect Mitchell Marsh, um, that I respect him as much as a character. And you can see how much getting those wickets meant to mm. him out there. Um, my, I guess my big question is that really, can you have a bloke that averages 25 with a bat and, you know, close to 40 with the ball batting at six. That's the only thing I don't know. I mean, maybe he'd be better being played as an out-and-out bowler, especially the way that he bowled in English conditions. Was He was he bowled better than Peter Siddle, mate. And, you know, Siddle's got 200 wickets. I'm just saying. Yeah. Look, I'll make this argument. Um, he's not batting anyone any worse than anyone else in our top six at the moment. Um, <laughs> Bloody hell, as, Chris. Uh, mate, that's a pretty good point Steve there. Steve Smith and Marnus aside... Uh, I don't think I don't think you quite could play him as an out and out bowler, but I think that's a little bit ambitious. Uh, what we do, what would be ideal, would be to see a mountain of runs um, at the start of the Sheffield Shield season, um, from a Mitchell from Mitchell Marsh's perspective, um, thus cementing his position in the top six. 
uh, and or seven, I suppose, uh, depending on what the makeup's going to be. So, um, look, good on him uh, for hanging in and, and having the fortitude of character to withstand the opinion of 23, 24 million people. It hasn't always been favorable uh, uh, all the time. Um, but I think the way he bowled and the way he carried himself was absolutely brilliant. I also really liked the... He had a comment where he said um, his goal in some of the games was to run the drinks out as fast as he could because that was the best way that he, when, he, when you're a sub, but that was the best way they could contribute to the team. And I think that's brilliant. Uh, that's absolutely Yeah, that's a good attitude, isn't it? So, look, certainly, certainly um, that wasn't something that we saw coming. Uh, Cameron Bancroft... Peter Siddle was weird, though, wasn't he... Um, in this last game, but don't you think that he was in? It was surprisingly inaccurate in that first. Like he went for a lot of runs and didn't get any wickets in that first dig. Mm. It was just kind of strange to see him there, especially given Mitchell Stark's performance in the previous test, um, taking wickets and making a bunch of runs. Um, I can't remember how many he, he's made, but he's he's quite high up there, Starky, I believe, in um in the most most runs for this series yeah look maybe we we fiddled with the knobs one too many times pat i'm not too sure um i think um or you know tinker but you know what i mean you know when you're on the, when you're at yeah, the mixing yeah, desk yeah. and you're just trying to get it right and it all of a sudden sounds terrible uh, do i know chris i edit this podcast yeah. mate like what a mess i'm that fully aware be. um <laughs> but look i think i think that that's certainly something that was a point of consternation uh Throughout the series was the use of the fast bowlers without with James Pattinson not getting back to back test matches because of his body. Uh, mm. Paddy Cummins was the only player that played every game. Uh, Peter Siddle's selection uh, initially we thought was unusual, uh, but then you know his he he bowled so well and was you know such a metronome uh, that by the final test you kind of went oh, okay Siddle's back in all right this is fine. Uh, and then he had, had arguably his uh, worst performance uh, of of the series in the last test. So, who'd be a selector, yeah. Pat? I think is the message from there. Well, um, yes, Chris. Yeah, you're right there. Pal. What's going to be really interesting, I think, is what the selectors decide to do with the top order. Uh, the only person, re- the only two batsmen, really, that could I think consider themselves safe, um, as we said earlier, uh, Labuschagne and Smith. Ricky Ponting came out in the press and said that he felt that David Warner, uh, with a test average, still sitting at 45, um, despite a, uh, a relatively lean series by his standards, was also safe. I believe it's the worst series by an opener, arguably ever. Really? If not one of the worst series by an opener ever. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, he didn't have much help down the other end, it must be said. Uh, neither Bancroft or Harris set the world alight, which was unfortunate uh, because... It, at various stages throughout their early careers, we've had aspirations for both of them. Um, Absolutely. And uh, and Joe Burns, too. I, I think that Burns can count himself unlucky. Uh, Massively, and I Chris. Think Massively. that may have proven to be a selection error. Easy to, easy to say in hindsight. Uh, and I think, mm. uh, you know, uh, our, our good friend Curtis Patterson... Um, the spoon, the spoon um, of whom uh, Alex Spinks is the president of his fan club, uh, can also can consider himself unlucky after um, quite solid performances against Sri Lanka uh, in the lead up to the Ashes series. So, look, it's uh, I'm at a I'm at a a bit of a loss as to who our best eleven is. Uh, I don't know where Usman Khawaja's career is at at this point. Um, I still think he's in our best six batsmen. Um, no one's really made an argument for me yet that he's not. Uh, I think particularly given that last summer he played such good cricket opening the batting, 
Um, and mm. I and I, you know I know I hark back to that series in Pakistan quite a bit, uh, but he to me Warner and Kawaja would be an interesting prospect at the top of the order, particularly on Australian wicket, um, knowing how much Usman enjoys uh, facing the faster stuff. So, if I had to go out on a limb, Pat, and you know how I do like to go out on a limb, uh, you, you are known for doing that. By I the think the the top six for the first test of the Australian summer. Which is against Pat New Zealand? Uh, so we've got T20s, Bardo, against Sri Lanka yep. in October. Mm-hmm. And then the first test is against Pakistan in November. Okay. Um, we're talking, uh, yeah, late November. Sure. There. Well, look, if I had to gaze into my crystal ball and pick the top six uh, for the uh, first test against Pakistan... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. This is how I'm gonna go. This is how I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna call it. Okay. Gonna call it early. Uh, wow, it's very early, but I like very, it. Very very early. I'm gonna say David Warner opening the batting with Usman Khawaja, um, Manus Labuschagne coming in at three, Steve Smith coming in at four. Selection shock, Pat. Selection oh, shock. Boy. Oh boy! Get the air raid sirens. I'm going to say Will Pukowski coming in at five. Holy moly. Um, Matthew Wade in at six. I'm going to drop another selection shock here, Pat. Oh, no. Far out. Okay. Alex Carey, wicket keeping. What? And then I'm going to suggest Cummins, Siddle, Lyon. No, no. Cummins, Richardson, Lyon Hazelwood for me. But uh, who's captaining this mythical side of yours? It's a good question, Pat. I'm not too sure at this point. Uh, <laughs> I haven't thought that far ahead. Is, um, is Smith still suspended? Yes. Uh, until when? Another six months. Oh, that's annoying. All right, well, get out of there, Kerry. You're out. <laughs> you can't captain. You're out. Bainey, you're back in. We need your character. Um, just not your hell's teeth, but not your DRS yeah, just... reviews. Um, all right, Bardo. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that on notice. I'm not ready to pick my side yet. I, I honestly don't know. I think it'll probably be pretty unchanged. Um, maybe Usman comes in for Harris, but I think that Travis Head will resume his spot. Oh, of course, um, and everyone else yep, yep. will be pretty pretty straightforward. Um, Chris, we're running out of time here. We're running out of time fast, and so I wanted to ask you uh, as our last bit. You and I now, Bardo, we've done a World Cup. We've done test series. We've done a whole Ashes campaign. Yeah. And I know you're as pooped as I am, B-Train. We need a bit of a holiday. So I want just some highlights from you. You're after, what was? I think we've all said it outside of this podcast. I'm going to say it here now. This has been one of the most incredible test series we've seen in such a long time. It's been such a wonderful competition between bat and ball and, and thrilling every night to watch. We've lost so much sleep. And Chris, I just wanted from you a highlight or two, uh, something that you're really going to remember um, and tell your kids about um, from this 2019 Ashes series in England. Well, Pat, as I said earlier, we've quite literally gone from summer to autumn to winter and now into spring. We've covered all four series uh, and we yep. are knackered like a ball <laughs> that hasn't quite reached the boundary and we've had to run all four of them. Uh, we're pooped. We're pooped. But I uh, look, I think for me over that journey, the series that really stands out is India, uh, Australia in India, that five-match 
one day series. Hang on, hang on. But, uh, yes, but I just want to highlight from this test series we just did, BJ. Right. We'll get to India. I'm there. Um, this, this last five tests that we did, the Ashes. Give me an Ashes oh, highlight and then give me your highlight from India. Okay. Uh, an Ashes highlight, Pat. An Ashes highlight. Uh, look, I think it has to be uh, David Lloyd's description of um, Cameron Bancroft putting the batting grip uh, on. Um, I mean, there's Jofra Archer's bowling and then there's David Bumble's David Lloyd Bumble's the commentary of that moment. And I've got to say, I think the latter is far more uncomfortable. Um, that made me so more like nervous. I wasn't sure where he was going with it. Um, and uh, it was captivating television. So I think that's, that's got to be the Ashes highlight for me, Pat. Um, that's certainly something that, I, that uh, I will remember for a long time. Of course, you could talk about Steve Smith's stroke play. You could talk about the battle with Joffre Archer. Uh, you mm. could talk about... Uh, the single from Jack Leach. You could talk about Ben Stokes' uh, amazing individual performance uh, at Headingley. Um, but at the end of the day, what is cricket if not for an old man rambling on <laughs> inanely about a batting grip? Uh, I think that uh, sums it up for me. Phenomenal, b phenomenal. Mate, for me, yeah. I mean, my heart is Steve Smith's batting. I, I, Every time I got to watch Steve Smith bat, I was so thankful. Um, it was such a joy. He's such a weirdo. Um, and, you know, four, four matches, 774 runs, averaging 110. You know what, Chris? He hit 92 fours by himself. He tops the run scoring for the Test Championship so far, having played fewer matches than quite another few people on there. The next uh, closest person to him is Ben Stokes. Smith's averaging 110. Stokes is averaging 135. Sorry, uh, uh, sorry, I absolutely stuffed that up. Smith is averaging 110. Stokes is averaging 55. Um, Smith has also hit 92 fours in f- those four matches. Yeah. I mean, extraordinary. Yeah, quite quite um, clearly the player of this series and quite clearly uh, the best batsman in the world. And... Given how good Virat Kohli is, that takes some doing. Yeah. It's, you know, just going to be another bumper summer of cricket, Pat, I think, uh, coming up. You know, um, one thing that did amuse me, though, actually, looking at the fixtures coming up, uh, we talk about uh, the Marsh name and just how prevalent that's been in cricket uh, over the last little while. I don't know if you noticed, but this new sponsor uh, of the one-day domestic competition uh, is... A company called Marsh. Just when we couldn't get enough Marsh yeah. in Spano, and now they're sponsoring the bloody thing. I mean, is this an inside job? No. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't be prepared to comment. Hey, mate, um, what was your highlight you wanted to talk about from India? Look, Sorry. I think that for me, uh, that was just the that was just the series of uh, well, I was going to say the series of the summer, but the series of the seasons for me, Pat. The, that was the best five games. Uh, uh, Overall, I think to watch as a spectator, and really the series where um, I got a sense of belief again as a supporter in, in Australian cricket. Um, you know, it was a tough old time uh, when India came to visit uh, us in the summer. 
we know what a world-class unit they are and the team that we took to India um, for that series we probably weren't too sure about and I think we had a feeling leading into the World Cup that uh, hang on you know we could uh, we could bow out in the group stage here you know this this mightn't be that good um, but through that series we saw a lot of character from a lot of different players um, playing a, few, a number of different roles and um, it was just captivating television and I think it was really in that moment where we as a cricketing public started to recover uh, a little bit from um, from the ball tampering saga which I think we're all well and truly past now I think uh, anyone that isn't in absolute awe um, of Stephen Smith uh, is is kidding themselves um, you know, acknowledging him even the Poms yeah. Bardo, even the Poms clapped him when he came yep. off the field for that last time and, and you know so many people we've spoken to or at least there's a couple of blokes in our um, co-country group chat with the Poms who was saying that there's no amount of runs that Steve Smith could score that would that would encroach forgiveness. And in a way, I really don't feel... I mean, Steve Smith's runs have been incredible, right? Don't get me wrong. But I think the way that he's gone about it, the way that he's approached his cricket, and the amount of humility and the amount of growth that that bloke has had as a human, I mean, you can see it not only in his batting, but in his press conferences. Um I think, I think having a year out of this game has made him realize how much he loves it. Um, and I think he's he's a much better person for it. And people make mistakes, Chris. Yeah. People make they mistakes. Sure people stuff it, you know? Yeah. People cook it. Um, we all have. And I think that you deserve a second chance. You deserve forgiveness if, if your heart's in the right spot. And I think Steve Smith is. Look, absolutely a, a lesson in atonement, I think, um, for all of us. Uh, something to admire. Um, you know, they say to err is human and to, to forgive is divine. Well, I think um, in some ways, we as a sporting public uh, owed uh, owe Steve Smith uh, an apology. Um, I don't know that we were that fair uh, to him in our, in our rage. Uh, and um, he's repaid, um, uh, you know, his debt uh, 10,000 times over um, by playing the game of cricket in not only the right fashion, but in a fashion that um, has entertained and delighted uh, and we will remember for many years to come. Bardo, that brings us to the end of a summer, a autumn, a spring, a winter, a mammoth amount of cricket. So folks, uh, firstly, B-Train, thank you, mate. Thank you for doing this pod with me. Thank you for talking nonsense with me. And really big thanks to all our correspondents, especially Tom Hawkey, 14 on the trot. That's a record. Um, and he's been exceptional in every one. Um, Heidi Cheadle, Alex Spinks, and every single one of the correspondents that, that contributed uh, on tight deadlines um, with great content during the World Cup. Um, we tried out a different format there, and it's really changed the show, I think, for the mm. better. Um, so um, thank you to, to all those guys and to everybody who's listened too um, things are starting to happen for two for none folks um, I alluded to it before but I'm hoping that in between now and the domestic season starting and with um, the summer coming up that we're going to be able to interview some relatively pretty high profile humans um, who play cricket for Australia and other nations so um, would you say Pat stay would tuned. you say Pat that we've started to get our eye in Perhaps. I think we might have started to get our iron. I think we might have started to get our iron. And folks, this is episode 48. So we're going to have 
two ep- one episode and then we're going to have our raise the bat spectacular now i've already asked the correspondents to start sending in their favorite bits but here's what i'd like if you're a regular listener for two for none if you've been with us for a while i'd love you to send me an email or a message to the facebook page with your favorite moments things that are funny things that are dumb things that you enjoyed um from any episode from our last 50 and and i'm going to start now trying to work on cutting those together to make a a compilation spectacular for the episode 50 raise the bat so if you're a regular student two for none please do that you can contact me directly at ginger snap sydney that's g-i-n-g-e-r-s-n-a-p-s-y-d-n-e-y ginger snap sydney at gmail.com um if you google two for none if you google ginger snap sydney you'll find the website you can contact me through there you can also find us on facebook just search two for none it's facebook.com forward slash two for none in fact you know what i'm going to put all of that in the episode description get in touch guys have a listen find some key moments send me some time codes i'll put it together and we can have a ball for episode 50 um b train that's uh, that's the last bits from me um any final thoughts from you pal no, let's go back to the pavilion, Pat, and have a Coke and a Lamington. Um, that's what I'm looking oh. forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to. Remember your mum used to bring us Lamingtons down to the Nets? Yeah. yeah. How good would that yeah, be if good. Susie Cullen just came in and dropped us a Lamington? Mm. That mm. would... Hey, mum, by the way. Um, she's been listening to the pod. Just a bit of a salute sure. to Susie Cullen. What, what a legend. legend. Um, she brings Lamingtons. She brings a lot more to the table. Um, buddy... Thanks, pal. Let's get out of here. Uh, you haven't yet, folks. Make sure you like, rate, review the podcast. Pull it out of your pocket. Hit that five-star button. Hit subscribe. Put it back in your pocket. Thank you so much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate it. We'll be back over the coming months in sporadic fashion before the Australian summer kicks off in earnest in late October. Thank you very much, folks. That is us. We are out of here. I have only one thing to say, which is... Go, those please. Go, those please.